Cinematic Superstar and Box Office bob today on... Today, uh, it is just myself and Sick Jake, and uh, we're going to be talking about the, uh, and by myself, I mean werewolf, in case you are unfamiliar with my voice. I doubt it. I'm the the highest pitch voice on the podcast, just so you know. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) we're going to be talking about the Mario Brothers movies, both 1993 and 2023. Now, The original Cheese Fest and the new one, yep. (laughs) Yeah, I... (laughs) I hadn't seen this movie in probably 10, 15 years, the 1993 one. And the 2023 one was the first movie I've seen in theaters since Pixels. Now, I didn't stop going to the movies. It was. I didn't stop going (laughs) to the movies because of Pixels. I stopped going to the movies because it's hard to. It was hard for us to find someone to watch the kiddo and for us to be interested in going and sitting in a theater, you know, what back because the last time we went to the theater, it was either, you know, do the cool experience in the D-Box seats, you know, like Bane in uh, Batman, The Dark Knight Rises kicked our asses, right? That was awesome. But that was before the kiddo came around. After the kiddo came around, we kind of stopped doing movies very much. I think we did maybe two after he was born. And it was just... It didn't make a whole lot of sense to try and figure out, you know, someone to babysit him, paying for that paying for all the concessions. We just liked the convenience of watching movies at home. It was easier. We tried with Zootopia when he was older at around four and he just wanted to say hi to everybody. So we ended up having to leave. (laughs) We didn't want to be that family. And so this year with the Mario movie coming out, we were like, Hey kiddo, do you want to try going to the theaters? So this was the first time we'd been to the theater that now they have the recliner. And it's, it's such a different experience. First off, like, Eight years made a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, the movie industry has kind of tried to bring in more of the the comforts. Uh, the ones near us, they call it VIP now, where you can actually get alcohol and food brought to your chair, which has been different. Like we table service to chair. Had, yeah. We had food brought to our chair. Yeah, it's, we, it's great. We went all out. We were like, <laughs> let's try everything. We're doing the movies again. Yeah. And, you know, this is either going to land for us or it's not. So let's make it as good as possible. So we had yeah. food brought to us, drinks brought to us. We showed up like 10 minutes before the movie started. There was nobody in there. I guess yeah. people don't feel the need to rush now that there's assigned seating. Like, it's well, all so new. A, I can't imagine not doing assigned seating for the movie theater. Like, I just can't anymore. It's been years since they brought it's it in. Great. It's such a game changer. Yeah. It really is. So, yeah, like after watching the <laughs> the new movie with the kiddo, I was like, I gotta go back and watch the old one. It's been a long time. <laughs> and so I, I asked the kiddo, I was like, dude, do you want to watch the old movie with me? Because we're going to be doing a podcast episode about the Mario movies. And he was like, okay. And I was like, just so you know, it's not a great movie. It's really weird, bizarre. And yeah, you know, I, I really emphasize the weird. And he looks at me and he goes, I like weird. So <laughs> I was like, all right. I, I really right. tried to let him know. I, I tried to hamper his expectations. And he was still so to, totally for it. It was great. 
so uh, what do we start with? Do we start with the new movie and then make the comparisons um, to the old movie? Because there actually were some things worth connecting, oddly enough. So you know what? Maybe let's start with the old movie, and then when we get to the new movie, uh, we might get to a point where we're going to talk about spoilers. So maybe say that toward the end. So let's start with the old one first, I think. Okay. Do we want to start with the little uh, the snippet of me asking the kiddo some things and then go from there? Yeah, sure. So, because just, okay. just some background on this one, I tried getting my kids to watch this movie with me, and my daughter, I think, bailed in the first 10 minutes. So they weren't really interested in the Mario movie. I was. I watched it. I watched it actually it finished up today during during my lunch break. So, yeah, I'm glad your son watched it, and I'm, I'm curious to hear what his reaction is to it. Okay, if you want to start it, okay. you should be good. Here we go. Uh, tell us about the movie we watched yesterday. So we watched this movie called, um, which is the old Super Mario movie. So the Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993. Yeah, the Super Starring Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and Dennis Hopper. And you have no idea who any of them are, do you? Yeah. What did you like about the movie? Um, I liked the ending part. The ending part? What do you mean? Like, the... The the normal, like, Mario movies, like the normal Mario theme music. So the theme music that didn't make an appearance until the final couple of minutes of the movie. Yes. Okay, was there anything else you liked about the movie besides that? Um, I gotta say, um, that one icy slide part. <laughs> the slide through the pipes on the mattress? Yes. Okay. Was did it feel like a Mario movie to you? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, because <laughs> all of the time, Luigi was wearing red. He wore white at points. He he had points where he was wearing white pants or a white shirt. Yeah, but like at Brooklyn, he was wearing. A white Yes, at the hoodie. beginning of the movie, he was wearing a red hoodie or sweater or something. Yeah. Which really confuses me. <laughs> so, quick question. How long did it take you to realize who was Mario and who was Luigi? Um, when they finally put on the plumber suits. It took you that long to realize who was Mario and Luigi? That happened over halfway through the movie. Yes. You knew who Luigi was before that. No. Yeah, you did. Okay. <laughs> did Mario seem like a good guy to you or no? Um, at some points, no. Why not? What did he do? He, did, like, wasn't believing Luigi of, like, trusting the fungus, which is, I know it sounds weird, but, like, he he was, like, like no, I saved this was our was my driving and stuff like that. Okay, so Mario was kind of uh, selfish. He, yeah, it's a better word for it, I'm sure. But that's anyway. Um, what about Luigi? Did Luigi come off as Luigi to you? Yes, he did. Yes. Okay, why? How? Because like his personality in the movie, he's like curious. Like, a lot, like, curious, because, like, um, um, Luigi was, like, um, 
ready to jump at that one part, and he was floating, but he was, like, trusting himself. Yeah, but isn't Luigi usually a scaredy cat? Yes, but, like, I just feel bad for him that he's, like, always second place. <laughs> okay. So, in that movie, I like him. Okay. Yes. Um... Were there any standout moments for you aside from the Mario theme play? What's a standout? Like moments that really stuck out for you or were really cool in general? Um, I gotta say the boss fight. The boss fight. So the fight between Mario and uh, King Koopa, as it were? Mm-hmm. And also, like, that um, part with the bomb. Like, every <laughs> single scene. The bomb just cruising around through the... Yeah. Under, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, I guess the undercarriage of the road. Yeah, it was like walking on the wall and then yeah. now the roof. <laughs> like, that's weird. <laughs> and I'm like, yay. Now, one more question. Yeah. Well, I guess two more questions. The first one being, did you enjoy the movie? Yes. Yes, you enjoyed the movie. Did you enjoy it as a Mario movie? Eh. <laughs> Kinda. You kept mentioning Cyberpunk during our watching it yesterday. Did it remind you of the Cyberpunk video game? Yes. The cars looked a lot like it, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked the um parts where they put on the boots. The boots, yeah, the jumping boots. Yeah, because they had that, like... A little part of that game over sound. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? I don't know if that was in the original cut or just the cut we watched. But it was kind of interesting. All right. Any final thoughts on the movie before we finish this? Um, no. No? No. Are you disappointed you watched it or did you have fun? I had fun. Okay. Would you but ever watch it again? Sometime, yes. Oh, really? Okay. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so if you had to rate it, what would you rate it out of five stars? Um, I gotta say four and a half. Oh, really? It was that good? Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was a good movie. It was just not a good Mario movie is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. It would more be like a, um, adventurous movie with and... Mario, um, Mario references. Okay. Uh, Last thing, just for uh, context here. How old are you? Nine years old. Nine years old. Okay. You realize that that movie came out 30 years ago, right? That's before I was even born. When I was 10 years old. So I was about your age when that movie came out. Oh, my goodness. Which one did you like better? The 1993 movie or the 2023 movie? Um, the one we saw in theaters a couple weeks 2023 ago. 2023 movie. That's right. mo the 2023 movie is more qualified as an actual Mario movie. <laughs> Thank you for your input, son. Because everything was just humanized, like every character. And I'm like, I don't recognize them. Yeah, King Koopa being a human was what was kind of weird, huh? Yeah. So then I was like questioning these thoughts. What did okay? What did what did you think of the Goombas? Weird as heck. Weird as heck. Fair. All right. Thank yep. you. <laughs> All righty. Okay.
There's a lot to unpack uh, there. There is. So. I was actually thinking that exact same sentence. So, so to start off with, though, we should probably say that we did we did watch the. Um, is that a fan director's cut, or is it as a group the, of people that are doing it? I don't know. Like it's called the Morton Jankel cut, as though right. Rocky Morton and I think Sylvia Jankel was her name. Like as though it's the Snyder cut, right? Like <laughs> those are the yes, those are the directors that did the movie, right? So it's a lot of deleted footage or or cut footage that's been spliced into it. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I liked watching it with the cut footage myself personally. Probably enjoyed it more with that footage than without, right? Exactly. So first, my recommendation would be if you think that this movie's a bad movie. Uh, but you're interested in giving it another shot, go back and give that version a shot. You can find it online. It's not hard to find. It took me all of a couple yeah. of minutes. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't want to dig out the DVD from the garage. I've got it buried in a tub behind a bunch of stuff. So I was like, I'll just do this. <laughs> so, that game, it, did it get released on DVD? Uh, that's the one where I thought VHS, and that's the last we'd hear of it. Because <laughs> it did not sell well. As a movie, I right? I do it didn't think do well. it got a DVD release. Mine, um, yeah, it did get a DVD release. Okay, all right. It probably didn't get a reprint or anything, but uh, it's great to hear a kid's perspective on this movie because that's who this movie was made for. It was made for kids, exactly. Right? Even though it was a, it was a weird dystopian grim gritty movie but that's not unlike movies from the late 80s early 90s where they're trying to take this is true stuff like video games and they have to make it so that it would fit a movie back then like these days it's so weird that these days we get we get flicks like guardians of the galaxy which is the most most absurd out there movie concept and it works today but yeah. 15 20 years ago there's no way in hell they would do guardians of the galaxy right so anytime they took a superhero or a video game and they tried to adapt it, they always did something like this. That's why you have human Bowser, human Iggy and Spike and human humanized characters and the Goombas are all kind of like, what would they look like if they're real? And it is weird. And I actually don't care for it either. But uh, it, it's, it's interesting for the time, but it's not how they would ever do a movie today. Yeah. So I, I like I said, I told you before, I have like three pages of notes and some of this stuff, the kiddo already went over and we can yeah. sort of touch on that. But the, some of this stuff is just like, what's happening? So the movie opens in black and white with the like a sort of remixed version of the 8-bit tune. And then that quickly fades away for the light yeah. motive logo. You've got that. Da, 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 and it, right. Yes. But yes. it doesn't sound completely 8-bit because you hear like a like a triangle or something going or a hi-hat, you know? So it yeah. sounds like they did it, but they only used it for that. I don't understand. And then it's all black and white with dinosaurs. And then it <laughs> fades to color and tells you Brooklyn 65 million years ago. I don't understand the point of the black and white. If they were going to do that. I, I want to say the black and white footage was from an other, another movie. Um, like another yeah, dinosaur I, stop motion movie and they just copied the footage or use the footage as a gag, I guess. Right. Cause they, yeah, they try they, again, much like that thing, they're trying to take the concept of a video game and they're trying to make it not realistic, but try and explain it more. They, they used to always do right. this. So how do you take super Mario brothers one, two, and three, I guess this came out in 93. So after all they, they came out and how do you make that plausible? So the reason the story they give 
is the meteorite kills the dinosaurs, hits the planet, but it didn't kill the dinosaurs. It sends them to an alternate dimension or something. I don't think I quite understood that part. Yeah, it was weird. Apparently, the when the meteorite hit, it sent an alternate Earth to another dimension. And yeah. so now they're stuck on this alternate planet. Instead of, like, I guess that's how they came up with the idea of the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, that's just what they decided to go with for that. But then, like, they use Mushroom Kingdom loosely in this movie. Oh, yeah. Because the only time it's ever called, and I don't think in the movie it was ever officially called Dino Hatton. That's what it tends Um, to be referred to online. Yeah, online. And the other word was uh, Sasara Land, but the Sar instead of Sasara Land. So, yeah, but they really, they really would like dinosaur Sarasaland is what I, I saw online as well. Because they, they said the world was a desert for the most part, which fits Mario Land's setting. Yeah. And you have Daisy as a character, and Daisy was the princess from Sarasaland. And, and yeah. There's actually a lot more video game nods and references in this movie than I think people give it credit for. Um, Like when they're driving out to the desert you see a sign that says Kupahari Desert. Apparently that's the official name of World 2 in Super Mario <laughs> Brothers 3. Is it really? I didn't know that. I know. I didn't know that either. I know that some of the signs, the neon signs in some of the scenes uh, were call-outs to stuff from, from the Mario Brothers game. So yeah, it's not as like Easter egg heavy as the new movie, but there's definitely some there. Yeah, Not at all. Not by a long shot. But there is more in yeah. this than I expected. Um, yeah. So... It's really bizarre because you like you go you jump straight from that 65 million years ago to 20 years ago and then a baby comes out of an egg that was left at a church. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so a lot of mean... weird stuff. So and that's like Daisy, the 20 years right? ago so... implies it's 1973 at the time, right? Right. So yeah, so is Daisy Princess a dinosaur? Daisy... Is that what it is? <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make much sense to me. And Okay. My son brought up, like, why is it Daisy and not Peach? And I had to explain to him that Peach didn't have that name in the West yet. She was just called Princess Toadstool here. Right. And yeah. the only name a princess had in the West was Daisy from the Game Boy, uh, the Super Mario Land Game Boy games. So they sort of conflated the two characters and made it Daisy. However, like, I think this is really the beginning of Daisy and Luigi sort of being paired up at the same time. Um, um, at least ro- romantically before that. I think so. The only other thing was she was his caddy in Ness golf. <laughs> That's it. What a relationship. So this was the, <laughs> right. So this was the start of them sort of being in a romantic relationship, which was, yeah. I, I was like, wow, that's kind of wild. Um, so yeah, Luigi was way more adventurous in this than he's been in the games for ever. <laughs> yes, but you know what? He still felt like John Leguizamo played him, and he still felt like a Luigi to me. I mean, is he, he as scared as Luigi in, in Luigi's Mansion? No, but he definitely was more anxious, more nervous, had yeah. a little bit more of a comedic side to him, like the 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 um, the sidekick vibe to him. I think he was done well there. Definitely not now, as not as goofy as I thought it could have been. I do want to mention, and I asked this question to the kiddo on purpose uh, because Mario. He felt like video game Mario in a lot of ways. Now, I love Bob Hoskins. I think he was a great actor. I think this was... It's kind of a blemish in his career, but I love that he was Mario just the same, right? He's basically just Eddie Valiant from Brooklyn. You know? (laughs) Like, I mean, 
for the he period, was, who else would you get beside him? He was a little abusive to Luigi. <laughs> was he? He was. Like, he, he hit okay. him on the head repeatedly. He called oh. him an idiot at times. But then he was also, like, being the best wingman ever. So, like, he swung back and forth between the way Mario is portrayed in the games. You know, the Mario who punches Yoshi in the head. The Mario... <laughs> like super supportive like he went back and forth between those and it was kind of awesome to see but then (laughs) now i want to i want to point out something so mario had a girlfriend right yes her name was daniela now apparently i don't know if you caught this but i thought her dress resembled that of pauline so I know where you're going with this because I saw online the production information, and she is she is Pauline, basically the last name, the yeah. lined up or, or her, her middle name middle was Pauline name or something. Is Pauline? Yeah. So she's yeah. supposed to be Pauline, but then you yeah. get to you get to uh, Dino Hatton later in the movie. They're you know a little bit later in the movie they encounter a character named Bertha, and then later yes. they have to interact with her again to try and get the rock back, right? The little piece of meteorite. Did you know that Big Bertha is actually a reference to a character from the video games? So, no. Not until after I finished watching the movie. Because I kept I thinking, is that Birdo? Was she supposed to be Birdo? Then like, no, theoretically, and I looked, and I the woman yeah. walking the egg in her stroller is considered to be Ostro or Birdo. Really? Oh, that's a weird one. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't realize Birdo. So Birdo is the is one of the giant is the giant fish in Mario Brothers three that can swallow you. I didn't realize that character yes. had a name <laughs> in the video games. It's that it was only in Mario three. Apparently, she was called Big Bertha. In everything else, yeah. it's just been Big Cheap Cheap, Big Cheap Cheap, or right Giant Cheap Cheap, or something like that. So yeah, yeah. she was that the the giant Cheap Cheap. But then they go into the uh, the Boom Boom Bar, right? Now, I don't know if you saw this, but apparently John Leguizamo has come out and said that for that dance scene at the Boom Boom Bar, a lot of those women in that scene were strippers hired on to do that scene. <laughs> well, in the version we watched, which had some deleted footage, there is definitely more scene of the dancing, more scene of the ladies. And some of those ladies were definitely not g-ratedly dressed i guess put it yeah that way. like so, even luigi yeah. had a moment where like there's a woman who she has a tail because it's dinosaur yeah. land haha ha. and he goes wow check out the <laughs> tail on her and i was like oh no <laughs> but that's again that's that's the product of the times right that's the kind of stuff you get at movies right? back then like, yeah, yeah yeah totally and then uh that that whole scene where mario is dancing with bertha trying to get the the necklace back from her it's pretty sexualized. Um, yeah, like it's it's a movie I I probably would have not felt uncomfortable bringing my kids to, but definitely not expected. But I, but again, when I think back of the late eighties, early nineties, a lot of movies did that, right? A lot of the movies had that yeah. kind of sexualized material to them. Like it's not graphic or anything, but it definitely does not feel no, like a G rated movie, right? He's definitely diving into her breasts, right? <laughs> he sure but is. I, yeah. At the same time, I'm like, you know what? Part of me was like, good representation, because it's a big black woman and he's diving in. And then, because I, I think she's like 5'10", and he was not a tall man. Bob no, Austin's, she's definitely was, taller, for sure. He's she's much taller than him. So he's like it starts off he's looking at the rock but it looks like I'm sure to her it looks to him like he's 
just staring at her rack, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so it he she sees it as flirting, and to where later she kisses him and he gets all flustered. I'm like, dude, you got a girlfriend, man. Yeah, you got a girlfriend background, but you know what they say. What happens Dino Hatton stays in Dino Hatton. <laughs> I guess so. Like that was more of my like, man, Mario's kind of a shithead. <laughs> well, like we said, this is this is a callback to the the Yoshi head punching Mario, the anal abuser Mario. Exactly. <laughs> so That's I guess, what I'm I guess this is accurate. I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely like again, I was saying earlier, like if not Bob Hoskins for early nineties, who else would play Mario? I, I can't think of better casting. Yeah. Right? Like no, it, it seemed to like, fit for what they're trying to go for. I feel like he would not have hated the experience if there was a more cohesive production of the movie than it was but seeing as it was just so off the rails the whole time like he and john leguizamo were drunk half the time shooting yeah everyday whiskey so apparently they had some conflicts with the two directors it was a it was a husband wife team doing the directing apparently there's a shit show with that in terms of how they're running things so maybe in better hands or better production it would have gone better for them but i mean i think as a pair of casting you know hoskins and leguizamo to me, they fit as Mario and Luigi. I think that casting yeah. was pretty good. I like, like even it. Dennis, I, even Dennis Hopper as as Bowser. I may not like the humanized humanized version of it, but the actor I think did the the role well enough. Was it just me, or did he come off a lot like President Trump? Well, before there was ever a President <laughs> Trump. Now we know where he got his inspiration from. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, holy moly, this guy, he's embodying something that doesn't happen for another 25 years. How did this happen? Yeah. It just, <laughs> they definitely took the, the the capitalism to the extreme type of personality. And it, it's weird to me, though, the humanization of the characters, I still don't quite get it. Because it's supposed to be a parallel dimension or some such. They're in a desert world. They have they've managed to build a city, although they keep saying that they're completely under lack of resources, and that's why they want to take over Earth or go to Brooklyn. But they yeah. somehow managed to make this dystopian city, <laughs> and but they they still got like he's wearing an Armani suit. <laughs> they have got guns. They've got cars. They've got all kinds of technology. They've, Where the hell did that come from? Everything's powered by electricity. At that, like they're ahead of yeah. the curve. They're not running on oil because they don't have dead dinosaurs that they're using for fossil fuels. They've managed to oh. make everything run on electricity. On something right? else, yeah. Like, <laughs> there's weird so details in this movie that... But then they're like, we have no resources, but they're super wasteful. The police cars just... They have... Like, cars have brakes, but for some reason, nobody ever uses them. So they use those <laughs> hook systems. I don't understand. Yeah. Like... There's just it's, cars it's, it's a just crashing world. here and there to stop. Like, this is yeah. things I was doing when I was five years old and learning to ride a bike. Crash into a tree to stop. Like, <laughs> It's definitely a, a, a bizarre choice of, of the world building. I, I don't quite get it. Because in, in the other Mario movie, the new one, it's, it is Mario's world, right? It's the, it's the Mushroom Kingdom, and they, they have everything that goes with that. But even in other movies like comic book movies uh, that were out in the time they they felt more cohesive and they matched what the material was this it's a video game movie but it doesn't feel like it's matching the source material at all when it comes to the world like whether it's the humanized characters or the weird new yorkish styling of like the cops are wearing blue for hell's sake like it's it's just bizarre like where they get this from i don't i don't quite get it 
Yeah. And uh, let me see. I've got other notes here. Um, <laughs> the kiddo at one point when Mario and Luigi were supposed to jump through the, the wall portal to get to the right. to Dino Hatton. It was funny because the kiddo was like, just jump, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jump, just man. Do it. Just jump. Oh, I get it. I thought That's that funny. was funny. And, but he doesn't know that Mario was initially called Jump Man. Jump so I man. just thought that yeah. was funny. That's cute. Um, I thought how come, the how come it wasn't a thing was funny. It's so weird. How come was it wasn't that? a pipe to travel? How come it's not a pipe they, to travel between dimensions? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess so that it seemed more realistic that nobody had ever discovered it because they were coming down yeah. from sewers, right? They had come right. through a pipe and then they jumped through that wall and then it was another pipe to get to Dino Hatton. So it, it was pipe-ish, but not like a warp pipe between them, right? It was kind of weird. Right. Yeah. Again, it's just a weird style but, choice, uh, I guess. Yeah, the fireballs were represented in the movie from the flamethrowers. The flamethrowers weren't just like shooting fire the way flamethrowers do. They were shooting fireballs. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know if you noticed, in Koopa Tower, and it was only in Koopa Tower, they really incorporated the idea of uh, the dungeon-style blocks from Super Mario Bros. 3. Yes, actually, I was going to say that. So when we say that the world doesn't look like it's straight out of Mario game, like it, it's a weird, gritty, cyberpunky city, it didn't fit until that that scene. And you're right; they have these these odd spike shape or pyramid shaped box boxes on the wall, and from the right angle, it does look a lot like the dungeons in Mario Brothers Three. And I thought that was great. Why couldn't the rest of the movie look like that? Because <laughs> everything yeah, else in the movie, I thought that was kind of reminding cool. me of other. Like you know what the movie reminded me of is um, Demolition Man, the the undercity portion, and that's what I kept yeah. thinking. Like where's Dennis Leary going to pop out? Like, it's just bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, like at one point you hear King Koopa. So I want to address this. Apparently, he's not Bowser in this. He's King Koopa, and Daisy's father is credited as King Bowser. Really? Weirdly enough. Yeah. Oh, so the odd. king, the the legitimate king in Daisy's father is Bowser. That's bit, I don't know why they odd. did that. For all the things they got right, I don't know how they got that wrong, you know? Well, but, it's like in the original Mario Brothers, it wasn't Bowser. It was King Koopa, I thought, in the manual. I think Bowser came later in Mario Brothers 3. Is that wrong? Yeah. I think he wasn't called yeah. Bowser until Super Mario 3. But at that yeah. point, that's like when he was started to be called Bowser. And for all the things they got right, like I said, like the king being transformed into something else and then transforming back after Bowser's, after King Koopa's defeat was that of Mario 3, you know? Yeah. Like the, they got a lot of things right for what this movie was and they still got that wrong, which is bizarre. It um, is strange. So the plot of this movie then is that her dad is basically turned into fungus, a mushroom. I don't yeah. understand why, though, because if she is birthed from an egg, so she's a dinosaur, but her dad de-evolves into a mushroom with because basically Koopa has this machine that de-evolves or evolves people, and that's how he makes Goombas in this movie. Like he de-evolves the brains to make them Goombas, and I guess he does that to the yeah. king before the movie starts. But why a mushroom, and why is it a mushroom that infects the entire city? I don't quite understand that plot point. I guess. Well, I, it's. <sighs> The fact that he becomes fungus is weird because they're supposed to be dinosaurs. All I can yeah. figure is he was sent far enough back to be like not quite primordial ooze, but close. And so 
that's how he expanded across the city like that because he was still there. But I mean, if you're going to kill somebody, why not just go the whole way? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. What was the point of keeping him alive? That's kind of bizarre to me. Cause they had him but, in that uh, room for the entire movie. Right. It was just, it's just a bizarre thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, what did you think about the outfit reveal? Oh, so I'm with your son. The beginning of the movie, I didn't quite like how Mario never wore red. Like it felt weird the entire day, half of the movie. Like the Ouija was wearing red and it just didn't fit. I really wish they had the colors matching for the beginning, but at least toward the end of the movie, they do switch and it was it was all right. Yeah, not exactly even, even, like the outforums, but you know. Even leading up to that, they had like those dance suits on, right? When they're gonna go to the boom boom bar, which That's by the way, yellow. if you hadn't made the connection, boom boom was the guy you fought in the dungeons, like the the fortresses in Mario three. Right. But uh yeah, like um, how easy would it have like been to Mario do their suits matching the colors? And Luigi yeah. red. But yeah, I guess it wouldn't wrong. have been as dramatic a reveal in their maintenance outfits that they just happened to steal it happened to be red and green like it is it's, it is a somewhat cool moment but at the same time it's a lot of the steam is pulled out of it from that right <laughs> yeah I, I much would have rather they they had the uniforms right from the get-go right like the new mario movie does that where they're dressed as mario and luigi as you know them right they're recognizable enough characters i don't i don't need this to be like a superhero costume reveal just just put them in the yeah. right colors at the very least and it wasn't, it was close, but it wasn't, it wasn't as closely matching the character that I would like to have seen. Like the pockets were weirdly colored on Mario's outfit instead of the, the sprites, but it was good enough. It was fine. Yeah. So like it's, it's better than Koopa wearing a suit as his, his costume, <laughs> which doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, that was really weird. Okay. So there's the, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of the, uh, the screens that you would think, oh, why isn't that a touchscreen? Were like light gun technology. Yes, I saw that. Um, when uh, Daisy pulls out toward the end of the movie, one a gun. I'm like, is she going to shoot somebody with that? Is she going to shoot Yoshi? And then she starts shooting the game like a blaster, like the Zapper for Nintendo, and that was very <laughs> odd. But uh, but I mean, like that's the first time you really see it being how it works, but. You had seen that a few times earlier in the movie. You just don't notice it until that moment when yeah. they really make a point of it. Because I think Luigi's doing it in the car. I think Koopa does it when he makes a phone call to order pizza. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, because when he's making the pizza order, it's a video call, and he does have the gun in his hand, which is bizarre. Yeah. It just, uh, if they made the colors of the gun match the zapper, maybe, or the shape of it match the zapper closely, it would have probably been more of a, a cooler Easter egg. But without that, it's just kind of disjointed. It's just the glorified yeah. taser. It's it's really bizarre. I do want to mention um, the fight at the end, the the boss fight, as my kid referred to it, um, between King Koopa and Mario. Did you pick up the fact that it's on a bridge? Yes, it's on scaffolding, <laughs> but it's on a bridge, which is yeah, exactly what you want. <laughs> <laughs> All then, we needed to see is there was no axe. If they included an axe, I think it would have been freaking perfect but koopa twice ends up in that hanging i don't know what you'd call it like it was just a container full of rocks or something i don't know i don't know what it was, it rocks? was unless it was coal it was and like they coal? use it for fire i think it was like coal or some but kind of fossil fuel that's what i thought i was i was i was getting clown car vibes from that <laughs> <laughs> 
I can see that, but I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think I picked up on that one. But. Yeah, like while I was watching, I was like, "Is that supposed to be his clown car? Because he's in this thing and shooting at everybody from the safety of this this hanging whatever it is." And I was like, That's "It's true. like the clown car." And later, when he ends up in it and he turns into the dinosaur again, it came across like Bowser in his clown car, like. <laughs> Oh, because he's coming out. Yeah, he pops out. But that whole sequence, so when he basically, he's devolved into a dinosaur. First off, really lousy special effects. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, it's like the Yoshi, worst special effects of the movie. Like Yoshi looked pretty decent for what he is. So you think they could use some of that budget on what Bowser would look at at the end. Um, I did not like that sequence. He was very, very, like, very bad CGI, if that's what it was, or bad stop motion, paste it into the film. And yeah, I don't he know. He doesn't do what, a whole lot. He's kind of stationary. Were. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's trapped in that thing. So he's just like, Rah! and then they de-evolve him further. Right? And then he becomes goo. <laughs> and it's like, end of movie. And it's like, okay, all right. Yeah, it was a, definitely a bizarre choice. So I, I want to I wanna bring up this because I mentioned it talking to the kiddo. Why did it take the whole fucking movie to finally get the Mario theme? Yeah, so that's the thing with the, the difference between this movie and the new movie is definitely the music, right? So in this one, considering all the fantastic jams of music that is in Mario, Koji Kondo has done such great work, and they utilize almost none of it in this movie. So they really, as far as I can remember, they only use it twice. Once in the beginning, like you mentioned, for like a brief minute, yeah. and it's not quite the same. And then the end, when they win, there's, there's basically a, a Mario-themed ditty. It's not pixelated or 8-bit at all. It's totally orchestrated, which is fine. But yeah. how come between the start and the end, there's nothing remotely close to any of the themes? Like, it's a bizarre, a bizarre choice. Like, did they not think it would work for film? I, I, don't, I, don't, know. I don't get it. It's, and at this point, even, they're four games deep in the mainline series. And then, you know, it's not like they're throwing out the other games, the Game Boy games, because Daisy... So they know right. they, there's all this music to pull from already that they could have like the, at least nodded to in the main theme of the movie. Cause the main thing I kept listening to the music, like, okay, is it ever going to feel like Mario music at all? And it never did. And the score was done by Alan yeah. Silvestri. So was Who's it a great composer? Yeah. Yeah. So was this like yeah. his decision to just be like, well, I'm going to write what I'm going to write and we'll do that at the end as a nod to the games because I'm better than that. Or was this a deliberate choice where they were like, no, we want to save that for the end. So it hits harder. I don't know, but it just seemed like a really weird decision to me, especially given no. like your primary audience is kids. If they hear right. the music from the games, they're going to go nuts. Like that's already going to add to their experience. <laughs> yeah. And like, I feel like there's definitely, I mean, the ice sliding portion of the movie, like there's, there's stuff that got pulled from there, like, or the, the, the super, the invincibility star theme, they could have used that somewhere, even if it's just yeah. like hints of it, just hints of it. But yeah. It's, and Sylvester is like a great composer who's done a lot of fantastic movies. He's up there with, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, the Superman guy. I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna be kicking myself on everybody's oh, name. Oh no! I should know it, and I can't think of it. John, right now. I'm disappointed in myself. <sighs> oh, uh, John Williams. Yes, John Williams. Like he's he's like Sylvester John Williams. And there's a third guy, and they're all like these legendary composers of movies from that time period. And just this is what he's got. This is probably one of the most lackluster 
soundtracks I've heard in a while. I didn't I didn't care for the music at all. Yeah. I, I can't recall much thing. Nothing really stands out soundtrack wise, except for the end. So, and I don't think they would tank the entire soundtrack just to make the ending more more punched. So I was kind of kind of disappointed with that. But I mean, to be fair though, if you look at compared to the new Mario Brothers movie, the the problem I have with the new Mario Brothers movie is they use too much licensed music. So at least we didn't have that problem with yeah. the three flick, right? Sorry, I I think I'm losing you a little. Um. Oh, I'm losing frames. Give me a sec. Yeah, we're dropping the frames. You're very robot-y. Oh, no. Yeah, me, You're very robot I'm sorry. Shh. <laughs> Should we pick him back up now? Okay. Okay. Hopefully, give it a minute to clear up. So there was another thing I wanted to mention before we go on to talking about the uh, the modern movie. Um, there was... At the end of the movie, and I don't know if this was just in the Morton Jankel cut or in the original, because like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen the, the actual theatrical release. Um, but there's a song playing at the end after Bowser is defeated and the Mario theme plays and everything's sort of being wrapped up in Dino Hatton. And they they show Iggy and Spike. Right. And you hear this song, smile after smile. Da, 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 da. I was like, is that supposed to be a Roger Rabbit reference? Because that's the song that Eddie hears when he cruises into Toontown. <laughs> when was Roger <laughs> Rabbit? Was that after this or before? Oh, no, it was before. Um, okay. Let me look up the actual release because I don't remember exactly. Uh, but they're Roger they're not the Rabbit. same production company though, right? Because I think the I think it's a different production company and I don't think it was the same studio if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Who framed Roger Rabbit was five years earlier, nineteen eighty eight. Okay. Eighty eight. Okay. Um yeah, Roger who, Rabbit was touchstone, I think. Yeah. What has Light Motive done? Because Light Motive did this Mario movie, and apparently they're still around. And I feel like Are I've they? heard about them recently. I haven't heard of them. Maybe at they're all. not still around, but I feel like I heard about them recently, not related to this movie. So Let I don't see. know. Check that Mind Palace because I I've never heard them until I saw this movie. Ah! Sorry, <laughs> crashed my water. Uh... <laughs> Light motive. Yeah, I don't know what they've done, and I'm okay, the heck of a I, I've got a list out. here. So, okay. uh, everybody's favorite movie, Showgirls. <laughs> oh, um, Mr. Magoo in '97. The Mod oh, Squad. Leslie Nielsen. Cheaper by the dozen. Steve Martin. And how come the Mario movie's not on here? I don't know. I see There Be Dragons from 2011. I don't know that well, one at all. Oh, I'm up to have things wrong. I, look, I looked up Light Motive and it just redirected me to Ben Myron, who I think was a producer. So maybe that's different. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But 
Definitely yeah. not a popular uh, studio either way. <laughs> I mean, the Mario movie probably didn't improve their credibility either because like this movie did terrible at the box office, right? I mean, this is the movie that yeah. basically told Nintendo never do this again, right? Like this, this swore them off of movies for, for it decades. It took them right? another, it took them 25 <laughs> years to approach the idea again yeah. and then five more for the movie to come out because they had to be happy with it, right? So I think we're safe to move on to the 2023 movie as our focus at this point. Sure. It's been a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I do want to mention watching the new movie, I did see some overlap with the 1993 film. Yeah, I like how in both versions we have the same kind of origin, right? You have Mary and Luigi, they're plumbers, they're in Brooklyn, and then they transition to the Mushroom Kingdom. The yeah, kingdoms take different forms. Plumbers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to another company, right? Like in, in the old movie, it was uh I can't remember Scapelli, the name of that. which Scapelli, is uh, yes. considered to be a combination of Spike and Donkey Kong. <laughs> because yeah, of what I, happens to him. Yeah, he gets de-evolved into a monkey, which is a bit of a stretch, but I'll I'll take it. Um, but yeah, but I mean, in the new movie, it's it's Spike and his plumbing company or his construction company, and that that's a good callback to Wrecking Crew, right? Yeah. But uh, so yeah, you you got that overlap where they end up going downtown because of some emergency, right? Right. In the in the ninety three film, it's Daisy saying, "Oh, Scapelli's screwing with the the dig site." And in the new one, it's there's just happens to be this huge flood in Brooklyn. And so <laughs> they've got to get down there and fix it. And yep. in doing that fix, they wind up going to the other dimension. <laughs> they both go in the sewers to it as well, which is great. The difference, of course, is that in the new Mario Brothers movie, they go into a freaking pipe, <laughs> which is what I would expect. Because when yeah, I think Mario Brothers, but, even going back to the Mario Brothers, the original, it's always about the pipes, right? Yeah, and I don't know if you caught it in the new movie, but when they're going down through those pipe rooms, you see a sign that says level 1-2. Yes, I remember seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the references in this movie run deep. Yeah. You got references right from to the first Star 5 Fox. minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you got references to Star Fox, Punch-Out, um what a Kid Icarus. Mario literally sits yep. and plays Kid Icarus. That's yep. freaking cool. Like <laughs> Like uh, it takes place in, uh, you get the the Punch Out bar, so you see pictures of like Glass Joe and, yeah, punch and whatnot. Out pizzeria or something. Yeah, and in the pizzeria, you see um, Charles Martinet, who's the voice actor of Mario in the games, has a cameo as basically his Jump Man. I guess is the Donkey Kong. Giuseppe, yeah, he's yeah. playing Giuseppe, who is supposed to be Jump Man, but he's also yeah. playing Donkey Kong. Yeah. Right. And then Charles Martinet also voices Mario's dad. Yeah, Which you get a whole extended family sequence, right? Where you get his dad, yeah. his uncle, his mother, and it's actually kind of neat to see the background of Mario because I always thought of Mario as like a, a grown-up adult, like not living at home on his own. You don't get any background into his family at all, really, except for his brother. So it's kind of kind of yeah. neat to see that in this movie. So they're supposedly, I, I would I would imagine in the new movie on the younger side. Cause yes. what, in in the old movie, they're Leguizamo's in his late 20s, I think. Hoskins was like 40-ish, give or take. It's got, it feels like a lot like the he's in his 40s. And like what I play, when you're playing like Mario as a kid, I always felt Mario was like late 30s, early 40s. That's why I always felt the character yeah. felt like age-wise. So it's neat to see in this that he's definitely younger. Although he's got a hell of a mustache for somebody who's probably in his 20s. Yeah. <laughs> 
but I imagine like in in the new movie they they both come across as like early twenties maybe at the oldest. Yeah. And they're just trying to start their own business and not work for somebody else. And the whole family's making fun of them for it. And like, you, you get the ribbing from the family. Like, ah, ah you should, you're bringing your little, like that was dark too. You're bringing your little brother down. The new movie got darker than I expected, heavier than I expected. Like Luigi and yeah. Mario are both, t- t- you know, grown men as it were. And like, you, you could debate at what age people start actually feeling like adults and acting like adults versus when they're legally adults. But I mean, they're trying to strike out on their own and Mario, like you see in the new movie, Mario absolutely loves his brother. He never comes off as yes. the, the video game shithead. <laughs> and, and he's they, not they punching Luigi this, in the back of the head. Yeah. Right. They have this enormous love for each other. And you you see that throughout the movie. Like Mario's they're rushing across town to get to this job. And Mario's like doing all this wild acrobatic stuff and then dropping down and opening gates for Luigi so he doesn't have to. Like it's yeah. little things like that you see throughout the movie. Like he's taking care of his little brother as best he can. Yeah. Like the entire theme of the movie is to cool. rescue his brother, right? So like it's definitely from the get-go, yeah. it's it's a brother story of saving his brother, which is nice. It's a nice play on you're I, not saving the princess, you're saving your brother, he's saving his brother. Right. And I liked that. I I I really like that approach. Like instead of fridging the princess, they fridge his brother. And yeah. you know, it, it lets his brother sort of it lets Luigi kind of grow throughout the movie because he's dealing with Bowser face to face a lot. And, you know, facing his mortality a lot in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) And he's the one who's the scaredy cat, right? (laughs) So it gives Mario the the urgency to want to stop Bowser because he needs to get his brother back. He needs to save his brother. Totally relatable, totally believable, you know, scenario. Like, it makes sense. And yeah. it makes more sense than, you know, winding up in the Mushroom Kingdom and we got to go save this random girl we barely know. <laughs> like, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I agree with you. Like there, especially when, like the new movie definitely calls back more of the tropes of the video games. Like the overall, the reason that Bowser is in, is trying to take over the Mushroom Kingdom is he wants to marry, marry Peach. Which is very much a plot from the newer Mario games, right? Mario Odyssey, for example, is all about a wedding. He's he's kidnapping Peach. He yeah. wants to have a, a wedding, and they're basically borrowing that plot line, which is which is not what I expected when they were taking a Mario and making it a new movie. But I'm glad they did it, right? I think what the angle with it was interesting, and again, it it takes the focus off of rescuing a princess, he's rescuing his brother, and Bowser's just protagonist, but he's not or an ag- antagonist, but he's not he's not the ultimate villain villain like. He's just in love. I, <laughs> yes and no, because like he's he's willing to sacrifice the lives of all these people. <laughs> well, he's not a good guy. I mean, I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, he's but not. But he's doing it he's... for love. <laughs> so. Yeah, I suppose. Which, by the way, his song is stupidly catchy. It was stuck in my head for over a week. Peaches, peaches, peaches. Yeah, it's I can't sing it, but. <laughs> There is there peaches, is a peaches, very peaches, peaches, peaches. There is a good chance you're going to see that winning a Grammy or an Oscar later this year, and it's going to be so or at bizarre least a nomination, does. which is going to be weird. Be. Like yeah. what's what what Grammy is like? Peach, you're so cool. 
and with my what? star, we're gonna rule. You know, and it was very but, Jack Black. It's great. But I mean, if, if South Park can win an Oscar for best song, then there's definitely a place for Peaches and Jack Black to win because Jack Black Fair. is a, a, a stellar, hilarious, but he's also a very talented musician. And it just happens he's yeah. really hilarious in this, but is, I could see it winning uh, it, something. Can I can I mention that Seth Rogen was absolutely perfect for Donkey Kong? So I, I'm not a big fan of Seth Rogen. I don't really like how he plays the same typecast of character. Like in interviews, Seth Rogen said, "You want me to play in the Mario movie? You know I don't do voices, right? I, I just he just does himself." Yeah, but you're right. In this, in this, if <laughs> he is Donkey Kong. Like when they wrote yeah, the Donkey Kong and, character, it's definitely a Seth Rogen analog and it fits. Whereas I see Seth Rogen in other movies and I can't stand him because he's the same guy all the time. At least this was written for a character in that kind of like stoner esque, you know, good for nothing, lazy son <laughs> type of role. Yeah. Right. Cause it, and it yeah. was, it was funny because Wife Wolf, when she saw that scene where Mario gets the, the mini mushroom. And as soon as I saw that little mushroom, I knew exactly what it was. I heard people in the theater going, oh, poison mushroom. And I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> he got that mini nope. mushroom, but he's like this big running at Bowser, eyes closed. <laughs> ah! And you just hear, ba or not Bowser, uh, Donkey Kong. And you just hear that Seth Rogen laugh when he laugh. looks at Mario. And it yeah. just, <laughs> the wife was like, it fits. He did no acting for that. And it was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, this is like one of those roles where he was just he was just meant for this role for sure. Because mm -hmm. like I was kind of when I first heard about the casting for the new Mario movie, and I guess we can talk about Chris Pratt a little bit later. But when they were running down the, the famous people doing the voices and stuff, like like uh, Michael uh, Keenan Key, uh, Key uh, Keen Peel is Toad. I'm like, okay, sure. And then they have uh, uh, Frank Armisen is Cranky Kong. Yeah, Fred what? Armisen. <laughs> Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. I'm like, okay. And you don't have Charles works, Martinet though. for Mario. <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of fit. It's just, it's just a, a lot of weird choices. I, I'm not quite sold in the actress who did Peach. I don't really care for her very much. Uh, like you'll honestly, I, the, the character that's standing up for me was Luigi. Like uh, Charlie, Charlie Day Charlie as Day. Luigi was pretty good. I liked and it him was a lot. funny because there's an interview with him where they're like, "How did you feel about playing Luigi?" And he's like, "Well, he sounds kind of cartoony, but..." I sound cartoony. Like that's just my natural yeah. voice. So yeah. like he has that <laughs> inherent heard. anxious nature to his personality that kind of fits the role. So he's another one yeah, where I don't would, think he had a stretch very far for Luigi. Jack, I honestly, when they announced the cast, I was like, okay, I get Jack black. Yes. I get, <laughs> I get Charlie day and I get Seth Rogen. Those were the three. I completely understood when they announced the cast. But I, I, I yeah. do say, I do think that a lot of the cast, they, there were weird choices like Sebastian Maniscalco with Spike, which on the one hand, why did they pay so much for Spike? Because I'm sure they had to pay him more than they would have somebody else, right? Because he's... Yeah. Well, whenever you have these comedian. kind of movies, he's comedian. But like a lot, a lot, the issue I have with a lot of these, these movies is instead of going to established and stellar voice actors, like people who are career voice actors. They go to names they get to draw. celebrities. Yeah. And I don't like it for a movie like this. I get the headlining cast will be stars or like celebrities. Fine. Yeah. But there's a lot of secondary roles that they should have gone to the voice acting community for, I feel. So I was kind of disappointed in that. Like a lot of them, I don't even recognize I, to be honest with you. 
See, I, I didn't mind Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. I thought she worked, especially given, like, I have seen Menu recently. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. But no. she, she plays a kind of strong and uh, deliberate character in that. And I kind of saw that in Peach here, and I'm sure like they had nothing to do with each other. But she can play that sort of character, and Peach was portrayed right. as strong, independent, capable, which I loved. Like that was a nice yes. change. It was it it kind of drew back from the old Super Mario Brothers Super Show because you know for every single time Toadstool was kidnapped, she was also kicking ass. Right. Yeah. Ever since Mario Two, it's in in like comics and visual media like a lot of times she gets portrayed as kicking ass not necessarily in the games but even in odyssey after she, she was kidnapped and both bowser and mario are kind of like putting her on the spot at the end and she was like no neither yep. of you go away i'm leaving yeah. like she puts her and she goes off and explores yeah she quit she's like basically i'm gonna go explore my own and does her own thing yeah she, I, and i like that yeah. direction with the character i think that was well done I, something about the actress didn't sell me on on the on the acting, but it's fine. Like I mean, overall, when you have like Jack Black being so standout mm -hmm. as Bowser, and I really like Charlie Day, the rest of the cast, even I didn't care for them so much. Like Chris Pratt, I don't mind Chris Pratt. I like him in a bunch of things, like Parks and Rec and Guardians of the Galaxy. I like him. I didn't really care for him as Mario, but because of the Jack Black's performance, you kind of forget that Chris Pratt's even the actor. Yeah, and the Mario that's was the thing, fine, like right. He didn't do a bad job as Mario, but he didn't do a standout job, and they could have right. hired almost anybody to just do that role, in my opinion. So yeah. it's it's money spent for a name to put on the posters instead of money spent for talent, you know? Because right. I, I don't think Chris Pratt is a... like. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's the worst Hollywood Chris, whatever. I don't care. I don't think he's a terrible actor. He's done stuff that I absolutely love and he's done stuff that I was unimpressed by. This is one of those things I'm unimpressed by. I feel like they could have yeah. gotten by with somebody else giving another actor who's lesser known a chance and save some money. Yeah. You know, it, people are saying when they were casting this movie, we'll just give it to Charles Martinet. I don't think it would have worked with him either. I think no. Charles Martinet, as much as I like him in his portrayal of Mario over the last, you know, several decades, to give him this full length movie, I don't think he would have been able to do it either. So I'm fine with what they did with Pratt, but I, I think if they did a second movie and they recasted Mario, it'd be a struggle to even notice that it wasn't Pratt. Like, I think you're right. They could have literally gone with anybody else. With, I want, I want to throw this out there with modern strides in artificial intelligence. I look forward to the, uh, the fan dub of the super Mario brothers movie where instead of Chris Pratt, it's Bob Hoskins. Instead of Charlie Day, it's John Leguizamo. Instead of Jack Black, it's Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. It's not far, man. I mean, the thing that hit the news this week was the the AI generated song of Drake and the Weekend together, which is like you know ten yeah. million downloads, and it's opening up a lot of lawsuits. But this is what it's going to go to, and the idea of fan casting and like we just had to, we just watched a fan edit of the nineteen ninety three movie, as far as I know. Yeah. It's only a year away before somebody does a fan dub of the new Mario movie, if they really wanted to. They could totally do it. It's scary. Yeah, like, <laughs> you can literally, like, they can literally just replay, because all the scoring is on the CD, right? Like, the scoring is yeah. available to audiences. So they can literally blank out the sound. People, like, I'm sure there's people out there who are going to be hardcore enough to want to re-foley the whole thing, re 
use the voices like they're like you might get people who want to do freaking Lou Albano and uh, <laughs> oh, what's the other guy's name? I usually remember it and I can't right now. I feel so bad. Oh, from the, the live action bumpers in the on the cartoon. Yeah. Captain Lou, I know. I don't remember the, the Luigi actor. But um, yeah, I mean, we already had with the trailer, people were fan dubbing the trailer with uh, Mario sound effects from Mario 64 and Odyssey. So I could totally yeah, see was. a fan dub. Yeah. And so, I don't know. <laughs> the, like it would be weird to hear the old Super Mario Brothers Super Show cast, but the technology is almost there to where that can just happen now, right? Yeah. For fans. And I always loved Lou Albano as Mario. I thought he nailed it. <laughs> yeah, he was good casting. I mean, he was he was perfectly fine with it. Both like for that's live why I, action I, I, and the know. animated. Like he was great. Oh, was he the voice in the cartoon as well? Yeah, he did both oh, voices. It was okay. him. All right. And okay. I mean, he already had that sort of theatrical understanding because he did WWF like that. Yeah. Was, he did the the pro wrestling and don't come at me. I don't like I know it's all staged. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but you have to be you need to have a good performance and charisma to be a, a wrestler. And that translates yeah. very easily into acting. That's why we have a bunch of wrestlers these days who are becoming actors. John like Cena, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. They're they're there. Um, it happens. So yeah. So Captain Lou was a good choice for casting in the in the TV show for sure. So I don't know. It was okay. The casting was fine. Like I was really worried yeah, about Chris Pratt was, being Mario, but ultimately, it it didn't really affect the the quality of the movie. The rest of the cast rose above that and kind of carried the the lesser performances. And it was fine. Like I love the the penguins in the opening of the movie the the voice of the penguins and and that's the one point where they have do to kill you Bill yield? The theme song yeah do you yield <laughs> they're throwing snowballs at the, I do the Koopas not. it was pretty good I like that tone of it and that's where the illumination style of humor the the minions and and uh, despicable human kind of shone through and that's why I'm like this is the perfect company to make this movie because they they kind of yeah. know how to take in the a kid-friendly story and, and animation, but enough humor that adults would appreciate. And they, they freaking nailed it. And yeah, it's just, instead yeah. of having, you know, hiring strippers for a dance scene, they just <laughs> have tongue-in-cheek <laughs> jokes for the adults that are over the kids' heads. It's a little less... Yeah. <laughs> it's it's more yeah. family-friendly, I should say. Um, yeah. I do want to mention, um, just from the old movie real quick, did you notice how often they were drinking that clear liquid? That looked a lot like water, but they don't have water. Don't think they kept, so. I don't they kept I'm... drinking like they had little shot glasses and stuff. They kept drinking, and they always showed that it had a worm in it. Yeah, so th I did notice that part. So what was weird about the old movie was they. I think they understood that their characters all looked almost too human. Probably they are too human, and I think every so often they had to throw in something to remind the viewer that hey, these are actually evolved dinosaurs like they're whether they're eating the worm or they're or they're just uh taking a weird mud bath for some reason or when he's ordered the pizza the ingredients on it they just every every 20 minutes they have to throw in a hey just a reminder he looks human but he's not and it, it was a weird a weird take and that, that's why i kind of wish they did something else with the design of the characters i think it worked on that level but i think it was also a lot less deliberate than that as in, or or maybe more deliberate, depending on how you want to look at it. There's a neon sign at the Boom Boom Bar for Wiggler's Liquor. <laughs> oh no! So I think those little 
worms that they were eating are supposed to be wigglers, Wiggler. like caterpillars from Mario World. Like that's the way a weird they incorporated pull. random stuff from the games, right? Yeah. It's so bizarre. And then the new movie did it so well, so seamlessly, and they reference so much. Like I said, like they don't just pull from Super Mario Brothers, they pull from Super Mario Odyssey. They reach outside of the and Mario Galaxy. You got a Luma that's just endlessly depressing. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. Like he's so homicidally suicidal, it's crazy. Like when when my girls were watching him, it's like, oh, he's cute. Who's that? And I'm like, oh, it's Luma from Galaxy. And then the words coming out of that thing's mouth. <laughs> my youngest was asking me what he was talking about. I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just don't worry about it. It's fine. But um, Easter it eggs, also, though. It pulled from, like, even for the main story, though, they pulled from Mario Kart. They pulled from, yes. uh, what was the other one I was going to mention? Shoot. Oh, no, now I forgot. Crap. I'm I mean, sorry. like, all the Donkey Kong games were there. They had Diddy Kong was represented. Cranky Kong yeah, was there. They, so they that's the all there. Donkey Kong rap. Part of it, yeah. Well, yeah, Which, but uh, I mean, yeah. you got Seth Rogen going, DK, Ducky, Kong. <laughs> it's definitely a deep pull. But for the Mario references, one of the Easter eggs I thought was hilarious, like it's just neat that they went that far with it, is Toad has a backpack, and there's a patch on the back of his backpack, and it's an upside-down pyramid. And that's what the one the world's in, Odyssey, has the upside-down pyramid. And in Odyssey, the, one of the, the small things you can get is, is stickers for your ship of each of the different lands you visit. And the upside down yeah. pyramid is one of the stickers you get in game. And that's a patch on Toad's backpack. Neat. It's such a tiny they... little detail, but the fact that the research to pull shit like that <laughs> to put in the movie is wild to me. There are just so many small things like that. And like this movie is full of those. It's just crazy. Yeah. And like, they do go through that area in their travels to Donkey Kong country as well. Yes. Right. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, the, uh, Mario Maker reference didn't even register with me. I was just like, that's neat. And the Which wife part? was like, that's Mario Maker. So Peach pulls out this giant question block from the water and it unloads into a giant obstacle course. Oh, I see. Oh, that makes that, that actually that's makes Mario that scene, seem make more sense now, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was that was a weird part part of the movie where I mean, you knew at some point they were going to have to do an obstacle course because that's what Mario is. Yeah. And I wasn't quite sure. But them doing that as a training course felt weird. But if you take it as, well, this is Mario Maker and this is what they do in their backyard for training, that makes a lot more sense now. Because that yeah, was a bit strange. Yeah, it, it was an interesting take. And it just, I completely missed it. It was the wife who told the kiddo because she was, kiddo was sitting between us. She leaned into him and went, Mario Maker. And he was like, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't that even hear that. Like I got told later on that day after we were well out of the movie. <laughs> but and, and sure, there's a couple of things in the movie that are like they they kind of demand you're familiar with the games, which honestly, most people going to see this movie are either familiar or they're taking people who are familiar. So like the the giant they had on Mario Kart Rainbow Road, right? They've got this big Mad Max style scene with all the cars battling. Yeah. And you got the blue shell Koopa in the giant tank and his tank gets destroyed. And he just goes, blue shell and just flies off. Like, <laughs> Yeah, which makes no sense to anybody who's not familiar with Mario Kart. But if you played any yeah. of the recent Mario Kart, you're just like, oh yeah, fucking blue shell. As long as you're um, familiar with Mario Kart from N64 on, you know the blue yeah. shell. <laughs> 
and so that's the thing with this movie is that this movie was was made for fans of Mario and kids, right? And because yeah. when it first came out, I, the first thing I do is I usually look at Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm not saying I go I go based on Rotten Tomatoes for everything, especially a movie like this. But the yeah. reviews on this from critics were were pretty bad. It's but like when I actually saw the movie, or something. yeah. But when you see the movie, you're like, well, this makes sense for a Mario movie. This is good. This is a good movie for Mario. This is up there with and, Sonic. I think this is better than Sonic. So I think this is a movie where the critics oh, yeah. who are reviewing it were not necessarily familiar with the source material. And if you're not familiar with Mario, then yeah, this is movie's not going to be for you. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where movie critics aren't necessary. It's the audience score that matters here. Because like you said, Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, like the, the critic score is 55 or something. At least when I last checked, I don't know if it's changed. But when I checked, the, the, the critic score was 55 and the, the audience score was 96. That's yeah, such like a drastic difference. Yeah. Now, um, like if, go ahead. So like, yeah, if you're a fan of, of Mario in any capacity, then this movie is for you, right? Just the, the constant stream of Easter eggs, the music is so great. Like it's, it's all, not all of it, but a lot of it's rearrangements of, of classic Mario tunes. So just, it's just a nostalgia trip from start to finish. So yeah, I can see why it's and, 96%. Like you were saying earlier with the uh, the soundtrack, like I didn't think they were super heavy handed with the 80s hits, as we'll call them, because they do pull a lot from 80s bands for the score or the soundtrack, rather, not the score. Um, the only one that fell out, felt out of place to me was AHA's Take On Me. That's the only one I was like, that doesn't make sense. But then you posted in our private channel in the Discord the other day that, uh, they wanted to put jump. Uh, oh my gosh. Van Halen's jump, jump at the yeah. end. And instead of the star music, one, you know, invincibility, right? <laughs> Do you know what the, the, the meaning behind the song jump is? It totally doesn't fit there. Other than the fact that yeah. Mario and Luigi jump, like, come on yeah. guys. <laughs> what, what I didn't, what I didn't like music wise was, um, the uh, the hero song I can't was that is it Pat Benatar who does hero I can't I can't recall now, but that song I like that song oh no that was uh, Bonnie Tyler Bonnie Tyler okay so that song because that was in Short Circuit back in the day and it's most recently been been it was done really well in Shrek right Shrek has yeah. a scene with hero in it and that's like a, a really great fusion of that song with an animated movie and for Mario to do it even though Shrek was years ago I feel like that song belongs to Shrek. So when I heard it in this movie, yeah. it felt a little bit too out of place, a little bit too cliche. Maybe, maybe there's one too many licensed the, songs, maybe. Maybe. But at the same time, I hear that song and I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it's, in, a good, it's a good I loved song. It in Short Circuit. I loved it in Shrek. I loved it in yeah. Saints Row the Third. <laughs> it just all the S properties. Come on now. Short Circuit, yeah. Shrek, Super Mario, Saints Row. It's just it's just one of those songs in the eighties where it's like it it feels like it's just too much, but I, it's not. Like I guess it, it fit. It just I wish there was a little bit less the, of the license, especially when they did such a great job with the remixes of the Mario tunes, right? Like the Invincibility yeah. song was great, and all, all the things are really well done. The, like, and the I composer heard, or composers, I don't know if it was just one or if it was a couple, but they like whoever it was did an amazing job. And I'm sorry, I don't know who it was. I don't follow composers nearly as closely as i used to <laughs> but yeah it's it's i want to say they got i think they consulted with koji kondo i think 
who's who's Probably. the Mario composer, right? So it's it seems like they they did a they did right by the music. The only reason I was a little upset by it or annoyed with it is that I heard the soundtrack, the OST to this movie is on Spotify, and there's tracks that are on that Spotify list that were not incorporated in the movie because they pulled them out in place of licensed music, and that feels yeah. that feels like a waste to me. I, like I mean, if you already have music and it's based on Mario, it fits the world, then you I'd rather use that music. So that's I mean, overall, this is the soundtrack was fine. Okay, so before we wrap up this episode, while we're talking about Mario, you know, to film adaptations, well, it's not film, it's television. Did you ever watch the Super Mario Brothers Super Show growing up? Uh, I did. It was a long time ago. The the one I watched, though, was more based on Mario 1 and 2 and less on 3. Because there was a couple of series of the Mario yeah, cartoon. So there, right? was the super, there was the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which was the live action with Danny Wells and Lou Albano. And then it would yeah. like drop to cartoon. They'd have live action skit, cartoon, live action skit, cartoon, right. live action, right? So that's what they did for that. And then later they did like, the Super Mario Brothers cartoon or something. And that was right. Mario 3. And then they did the Super Mario World cartoon. But I'm talking specifically about the Super Show with the live action skits. And yeah. Lou so I, I did watch that. Yeah. I used to, I actually used to watch that. So in my room, I had a TV, but I didn't have cable. So I had an antenna and I would angle the antenna and I used to get stations from Buffalo. <laughs> really bad quality, <laughs> very snowy. But the only reason I would do that is because I, I could get this Mario show on my TV from antenna. And I used to watch it that way. Wow. So, yeah, it's I had to fight for it. So I, I loved this show and I want to say I was seven. Yeah, I think I was seven when this show was out and I was really into it. There was another show that didn't really make it out of the LA area too much, out of Southern California. I lived in Southern California at that age. Um and we had another show called, uh, it was King Koopa something. Goodness, what was it? I don't know, but it was, it was a show focused on King Koopa, right? Where okay. he was the host of the show and he'd show old cartoons that were like in the public domain. That's the kind of show this was. It was like filler. And so okay. you'd have, like, they had this comedian who played King Koopa and he was just. <laughs> He was kind of a terrible guy. His stand-up was really raunchy and dirty, and so he kind of brought a little bit of that to the character. It was really weird, but it felt like King Koopa, and I like I got to go see this. I got to go actually be in the audience, and I think this show only lasted a season and a half, maybe. Like It was not on long. It didn't get much out of L.A. and San Bernardino. Was um, it official, like an official Nintendo licensed Bowser Koopa thing? It was, or was like the, a knockoff. <laughs> so. I think it was just the King Koopa show, but it was on the same. It was on right after the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, so it was okay. Part of the licensing agreement, I I, I assume. Um, huh. but it was just a local station, really, and it didn't get much out of that. But it was like it. I think the show aired on Fox nationally, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, and then the King Koopa show was just local Fox, right? So. <laughs> Have you tried looking on like archive.org for episodes of this show? There's almost nothing on it. There's actually a video oh, wow. uh, I saw somebody did on it like six to eight months ago or something. And it was okay. it was like the deepest dive I've ever seen on it. it. Most people thought like it never existed or it was a hoax or something. I've actually right. been there. I saw it. I got the t-shirt. <laughs> 
but I wore that t-shirt so much, I destroyed it. Like, I loved it so much, I wore it all the time until it wore out. Like, it was just done. That's wild. But uh, I do like, there was um, there was a clip I saw on on YouTube. I was, um, I don't know if it was from Who's the Boss or not, or if it was something separate, but it had Alyssa Milano playing Mario, and J- a young Jason Bateman was beside her trying to tell her what Mario was. And it, after she's playing Mario for a few seconds, it cuts to bowser but it was based it was mr belvedere the actor dressed up as bowser and i thought it was hilarious i died laughing when i saw that i i'll 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 put it in our discord but yeah it's mr belvedere dressed up as bowser for like 30 seconds it was was pretty funny (laughs) so um but again it just it goes to show you that for that time whenever whenever hollywood touched video games in the 80s and 90s they almost never did it right <laughs> like it was just I, I do want to mention something funny that I find amusing. Uh, so we got Last of Us, right, with Pedro Pascal. And then yep. Saturday Night Live was like, well, we're having Pedro Pascal on. Let's do that with Super Mario Brothers. So good. <laughs> like, But it's had so much in common with the old movie. It was just... Yeah. <laughs> dark and <laughs> dark and gritty all the way through. Dark yeah. and gritty and kind of goofy and like it, that's what the old Super Mario Brothers movie was, but everybody watching this, you know, this joke of a thing was like, we want this, we want this. You kind of already got it, and y'all hated it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to 93 and watch Dennis Hopper do it. But Pedro Pascal's thing chases. was... Oh, yeah. Pedro Pascal's it, thing was great. It was hilarious. Was it he's eating a mushroom? And it's like, it makes me feel big. <laughs> like, yeah. <I> died. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I need to feel big. That's pretty good. <laughs> No, that anyway, was pretty awesome. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on the topic of the day before we shut this down? Yeah, I will. I'm going to say that again. I love all the old video game inspired movies, even if they are terrible, right? Like, I liked Ninja Turtles, even though, I mean, that was a comic book, but whatever. I liked The Wizard a hell of a lot, even though it was not a good movie. And same thing with it's Mario. Just pinball Wizard. It's, it's not. You're wrong. Wizard's a great movie. Fred Savage forever. <laughs> But the Mario movie is—it's worth a watch. I'm glad I watched it. I'm gl- especially glad I watched this fan director's cut because <laughs> there is—it's an extra 20 minutes, I think, of footage, and it just adds just enough where I'm like, okay, this is this is great, right? I felt like the one other the original was a little bit too short. This expands it just enough to make it really a little more cohesive. It's still a bad movie. It's still a cheesy ass movie. But it's totally worth watching. It's like that new Power Rangers thing that 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 came out this week. What's where they it got always? the original? Yeah, the I original Power. It. They got the original actors where, where you know were available, and they redid it. And it's just as cheesy, just as terrible as the original TV show. But that's what you want. You want that cheese because that's what it is. And for Mario, yeah. and it fits right yes, as much as like the new definitely. one. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and touching on the power rangers once and always special like it felt like the old season one show right like it had a better budget yeah but it felt like that the acting was so over the top cheese like kind of wink wink you know <laughs> yeah but that's but if they did anything else it would not work right because they, they did do a uh, a rebooted mar uh mar a power rangers movie that was a little bit darker a little bit more modern and it didn't do that well in theaters it didn't it, it wasn't didn't, that great of a play but i right? liked so. it I wanted okay. more of that. I enjoyed it. Really? <laughs> but I, who's the, I, I love... Who's, who's the director that did um, the, the animated Castlevania, the producer of that? Oh, I think is it Shanker? I, is it Addy Shanker, yeah. I think? Okay, so mm. he has what he calls his bootleg universe of short films. 
and he did a, a bootleg Power Rangers, and that was that was yeah. fun too. And he's he's I done a few that of those too. That was neat. Yeah, that was really good. So, uh, I mean, but yeah, I just I love these rogue takes on things, and so like the modern this new Power Rangers that came out the movie in 2017, I really enjoyed it, and like they leaned into some stuff like the scoring. Um, it was very that 80s synth sound. Yeah. Which was interesting because you had the guy from Stranger Things playing Jason. So, like, every time the music was playing, I was like, oh, Ranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could be able to unsee that one now. But yeah. <laughs> Go back and watch it. It'll change the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> is there another... But, uh, is there, now that this movie did so well for Nintendo, because I, I want to say this is one of the best selling it or uh, yeah one of the best selling anime movies in forever like it's definitely a hit for illumination so nintendo's probably going to be more willing to open up a bit more of their ip for movies and film do you think like a zelda movie is worth doing uh i don't know i don't with the recent successes of breath of the wild and the potential success of tears of the kingdom on the horizon. I'm sure the success or failure of tears of the kingdom will determine whether they're willing to do a Zelda movie. Um, but given those both being successes, I think, yes, we will see a Zelda movie. Um, Metroid. I'm not so positive on just because it's such a niche, a niche, uh, audience of who, goes with nintendo you know because it's, it's i love metroid darker. i yeah. do too but it's much but, darker but, and grittier than any of their other yeah. properties and like even a best-selling metroid is still like it's like four million units sold like it like metroid dread was a great metroid game it didn't sell it did sell it sold better than they thought but it did not sell like mario would and i think the same yeah. with movies it would be great but i feel like it would be compared to aliens or something too much and it probably wouldn't do that well so i i i think they said that they're looking at doing donkey kong country like specifically a donkey kong movie um i'm sure we'll get yeah. another mario movie uh, i'm sure it, it, the, that might potentially see the uh the introduction of wario and waluigi it'd be neat to see some backstory on where they're from because I don't know if there's been any, any history of where the hell Wario and Waluigi even come from, right? I, we know that they're, they're evil clones of of the brothers, but they don't really explain where they come from. I wouldn't mind seeing that. So that could be that could be interesting. And with the follow up movie, we might also see Rosalina because they nodded it. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of galaxies out there, right? Like it was it was very you know there's everything out there. So like there's all these Nintendo universes we can pull from and. On the one hand, I look forward to seeing this sort of flourish and grow and thrive as a set of IPs. On the other, I hope we don't end up with a Nintendo Cinematic Universe where they're all attached to each other. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see. I don't want to see what they what they've done with Star Wars and Marvel applied to Nintendo. I don't think they would ever get that yeah. to that point. I don't because because yeah. I don't want to see a Star Fox Mario crossover. <laughs> Any anytime ever in that regards, like don't give us a yeah. Smash Brothers movie, okay? Just give us focused stories and focused IPs, and we're good. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to see Kirby cross with Mario. To be honest with you, when when they mentioned Donkey Kong in the casting in the Mario movie, I know they exist in the same world because we have, of course, Mario yeah. and Donkey Kong. 
but I didn't like that they were being crossed together because I always felt post DKC Donkey Kong was was really felt like more of a separate thing. And I don't like the idea that they cross over, <laughs> but it worked in this movie. But I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be as as yeah, of it as it was. It's gonna be weird when you know the the Kong country is facing King K rule in their own movie and don't reach out to the Mushroom Kingdom for assistance. You know, right? That's gonna be odd. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. They might maybe they'll bring Toad over because who doesn't like Toad? <laughs> so true. Maybe like, they'll have cameos. They might have cameos. Maybe that's what they'll give us to like connect things. Is Toad will be a regular? You yeah, know, <laughs> which be fine. I like Toad. And yeah. So anyway, I I think that about does it for this episode. Um, I I can keep talking, but I I'm sure we're running quite long <laughs> here. So I'll shut my face, okay. and I will mention like those of you listening. Uh, come check us out on uh, on the Discord. You could come to our website. We've got the link to our Discord there. It is pressbetocancel.com is where you'll find it. Uh, you can come chat with us. Our socials are on there. Um, if you do want to watch this, because we do record video if you listen, uh, you can find it on either YouTube or Spotify. So, yeah, come come check us out. If you think there's anything we forgot or missed, please let us know. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Do you have anything you want to mention? Did we want to? Um, yeah, for me personally. Uh, okay, it's so two things. Uh, Chard and I were on Arcade Pit. Uh, you can check that over on uh, the VOD over on Smite's channel on uh, twitch.tv slash Smite, S-M-I-G-H-T. We actually won, which is amazing. All we wanted to do was break 100 points. We actually won, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and cool. then for myself, um, I do have a arcade controller. It's a snack box and it has hot swappable switches. Exciting. But I bought a bunch of switches and I was messing around with them. And I did a, a video of me changing the switches and testing them out and the sounds and differences. So I'm going to be putting that up on YouTube in the next couple of days. So you can see nice. a, a TikTok, I guess I did where I was, I was messing around with it a little bit, but I'll be doing a YouTube video of it soon. So I know I'm supposed to be playing final fantasy six. Um, <laughs> You're the only one here to address this with, but uh, I'm going to broach it here and get your opinion, and people can sort of chime in on that too. Seeing as I tried to start the Super Nintendo version and didn't get any audio in the recording, um, should I play the Pixel Remaster since that just dropped on the Switch? Or should I play the Super Nintendo version? Because that wasn't an option when I asked four months ago. So the the redone music in the Pixel Remasters is good. I still felt the original Super Nintendo music was better, but I might be in the minority in that. There's there's one sequence um, in particular that I don't like how they did it in the Pixel Remaster, but um, I don't know. Scene? I mean, it's the opera scene. Yeah, I think the I original. <laughs> really? <sighs> See the original I opera scene in, in the SNES game. I thought it was neat. I didn't, I didn't care for the, like, I liked it on the Super Nintendo because of the technology at the time. They still managed to make it sound like actual opera music. I dig it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's anything new in the Pixel Remasters in terms of content. I think it's the same content, if I'm not wrong. They might have that, there's like one additional dungeon, I think, that was added in the GBA version. That might be in the Pixel Remasters. I don't, I don't recall. But it's, it's not really, it doesn't really affect the story or anything like that. Um, as long as you can, as, like, when we do this as a fee an episode next year, as long as you can, you know, I mean, you'd want to relate it to like the original pixel graphics because the pixel remaster, it's certainly better than what the mobile versions of the games did with the sprites, but it's still changed, I guess. 
Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to think. All I know right. I know Final Fantasy one especially version. was changed, but yeah, I would I would play the SNES version. My, my me personally, I would play the SNES version. You can always right. listen to the Pixel Remaster music. So, oh, we didn't. Are we doing nominations for top 100 this week? Do you have uh, one or no? I do in that list that I put on there a while back. So, do you have one or no? If not, we can postpone and just add to that next week. Let's postpone because I don't want to put something because <laughs> we're going to run out of spots. I completely All forgot right. about it until just now. So, okay. All right. I will spend some All time right. this weekend and put together my nominations so that I'm more prepared for that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should make a list for ahead of time is what I should be doing too. All righty. Right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Trust the fungus. Thank <laughs> you.